It was lunch, and it was busy. The uh, young waitress had come out of the kitchen with a load of extra salad for the salad bar, and in the middle of this load was a bucket of Thousand Island dressing. And you know what happened. She caught her heel on the carpet, and as she was trying to catch herself, she launched this platter and probably the most nicely dressed man with his family was sitting there in the restaurant and it hit him bullseye <laughs> head nose chin tie all the way down to his shoes and he exploded he called her every name that every any coach has ever called me okay <laughs> He says, I can't believe how stupid you are. Look at this. By now, the whole restaurant is turned looking at this guy. I can't believe how stupid you are. It's the first chance I've had to wear this suit. It cost me $2,000. You've completely ruined it. And she's starting to try to clean him up. Sir, we'll clean you up. Get away from me. You caused enough damage. I want to see the manager. The manager comes out and he, he says... Is there a problem? <laughs> what a stupid question. <laughs> you know. Oh. Uh, sir, we'll clean your suit for you. No problem. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want you to clean this suit. This suit is ruined. I want a new one. I want you to write me a check for $2,000 right now. And finally, the manager convinced him if he would just come back to his office, get them out, get... Uh, so they disappear. Now, here's the rest of the story that it wasn't just lunch. It was lunch on Sunday. Now, who goes to a restaurant with a coat, suit, and tie on at lunch on Sunday? Where have they been? He probably was at church and had just heard a great sermon on Blessed are the meek. <laughs> hmm. We want to be like Jesus. We really do. And not just by gritting our teeth and trying harder. We want to be like Jesus from the inside out. We want to think like Jesus. We want to feel like Jesus. We want the desires of Jesus. But it only begins, it, it starts and begins in the heart. Unless our heart's different, our actions are going to be the same when we go out and eat lunch today. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Hide me behind the cross, O God, that these words may be your words. And for all that I fail to say, O God, that you have for us, Lord, stand in the gap. That we may hear even what is not spoken. That is your word. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed are the meek. I just want to say to Jesus, I don't think so. 
I mean, anybody else have that kind of opinion about blessed are the meek? I mean, this is a dog-eat-dog world. And we all know the sayings, you know, um, uh, survival of the fittest, the early bird gets the worm, the only thing the meek get is left behind. Well, let's start our journey this morning by looking at the first two Beatitudes that we've covered already. Just to give you a little bit of background. First, blessed are the poor in spirit. This is the person who realizes the poverty of their spirit. Their spiritual need that can only be filled through a relationship with God. Second is blessed are the poor, blessed are those that mourn. And here, the word mourning is... is a, a, a word in the Greek that indicates not a mourning over loss externally, but a mourning over a more of a regret. The knowledge of our broken lives. Our separation from God. Now, I I truly believe that Jesus is leading us on a journey here. He's leading us on a journey and trying to get his, his listeners to understand that as we take each step, as we realize our poverty, and therefore as seeing our poverty, we realize how broken we are. And 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 then it is only in that state of of realization that we offer ourselves and put our lives, our actions. In Jesus' hands. Under his control. Blessed are the meek. Now let's take a look, closer look at this. I'm going to call this the meek. The meekness myth. Are you all ready? The meekness myth. Many equate meekness with weakness. But as we look at the Bible. That's not what we see at all. It's not weakness. In fact, what we see in the Bible is some of the strongest are referred to as meek. For example, Moses. Moses was a great leader. Moses stood before Pharaoh at the threat of Pharaoh's armies with no, with no armies of his own. And he led God's people through the wilderness to the border of the promised land. And this is what Numbers says about Moses. The man, Moses, was very meek above all men which were upon the face of the earth. Really? Jesus. Jesus calmed the waves and the wind. Jesus stood against the religion leaders of the day. Jesus uh, took on a horrible death and defeated it. What does he say in Matthew 11? Take my yoke upon me, you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. So what does it mean to be meek? We have this understanding in our own English language in our, in our world today. This kind of association with weakness, uh, this doormat mentality. 
but Moses was meek, Jesus was meek, so what, what does this mean? The word translated meek is the word praus. It's a Greek word that means the following. It means a soothing medicine, that which gives health. It means uh, it's used by, a, by sailors to describe a gentle breeze that comes after a storm. It's used by farmers to describe a broken colt. A broken colt. My father used to tell me, and I'm, all of his sermons have been going through my head over the last week, uh, and I, I can hear him say the words, no, 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 son, meekness is wild horses under control. And he would go from there to say, I would a whole lot rather try to put a bridle on a wild horse than resurrect the dead. <laughs> Great wisdom. Strength under control. Wild horses under control. You see, the word prowse has more to do with self-discipline than it does with weakness. Here's some passages that illustrate that. What Jesus says about himself, we read that earlier. Come unto me all that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. Paul says in Ephesians 4, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation whereas you were called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another. In Colossians, he gives this call. He says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humble, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. I want that. I want to be able to discipline my life. I want to feel the the power of the Holy Spirit within me. And to know that the bridle that is upon me is not the bridle of the world. It is the bridle of God. So what is the blessing? The blessing is the meek shall inherit the earth. In other words, those who are faithful Christians, those who are willing to discipline their lives, those who are willing to give their actions over the Christ, those who are willing to put themselves under a different kind of control, have an inheritance here in this life. Satisfaction. Contentment. This is what Paul says. And he he says it in Philippians. He writes this from prison. Not that I'm referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. No matter what life brings, this meekness, this willing to put our lives totally in the hands of Christ, bring satisfaction and contentment. A.W. Tozier says this, 
The meek man is not a human mouse afflicted with a sense of his own inferiority. Rather, he may be in his moral life as bold as a lion and as strong as Samson. But he has stopped being fooled about himself. He has accepted God's estimate of his own life. He knows he is as weak and helpless as God declared him to be. But paradoxically, he knows at the same time that he is in the sight of God of more importance than the angels. In himself, nothing. In God, everything. That is his motto. In ourselves, nothing. In God, everything. Uh, several years ago, I was, uh, I was serving out in East Texas. It was uh, early in my career before my daughter was born, so that tells you how long ago it was. And I was preaching at First Methodist Sulphur Springs. It was actually in junior high in Sulphur Springs, and they were inviting back preachers that had, had been in either junior high or high school that were now ministers there in the church. And, and, and I preached, and afterwards I had several people come up and greet me, and there was a couple that I remembered from my youth. I remembered them so vital and alive and, 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 and so involved and he was crippled. He'd had a stroke. And as he began to try to haltingly tell me that he remembered me and that he was glad I was there, he began to cry. Just weeping. And, and I looked at, at his wife and she says, it's a part of his stroke. When he tries to talk, he cries. She says, it's okay. About that time, a tear appeared in her eye. And so I, I tried to converse with him, and we talked, and he cried, and I was about to cry. And as they walked away, I said to her, I said, I'm so sorry. I, I remember you, <laughs> and I just remember so much about you. And she wait, 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 she said to me. She said, we may cry a lot, but we have not forgotten through Jesus Christ how to live. No matter what our circumstance, we may cry a lot. We may find ourselves in the midst of loss, but let us never through Jesus Christ, forget how to live. For the mountain above us is, a, below us, is a, but just a stepping stone. Jesus is the fountain that fills our soul. To know Jesus is to know the one who holds the wind who offers an anchor and fills my veins with holy fire. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. For with God, everything is possible.